0: Chapter 16 of 87 by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 16 Orders to Move. Her mother is dead, Wynn, said Miss Putnam, appearing at the kitchen door, letter in hand, just as Winter was coming with a basket of kindlings. He stopped short in the path. Dead? he repeated, in awe stricken tones, which also conveyed a sense of dismay yes poor thing she only just arrived in time she says if you hadn't made her catch that train she would have been too late she sends you her love and thanks she remembers everything poor young creature and miss putnam lifted the corner of her white apron and wiped a great tear out of her eye she isn't coming back When she says her young sister is so lonesome now she will have to stay near her i felt in my bones that she wouldn't come back that day she went off she says you can keep the books she lent you and welcome she is sorry she can't be here to lend you any more she set great store by you win you ought to make something of yourself just to please her she was very good to me said winter his voice a little husky despite his effort at self-control and i haven't so many friends that i shall be likely to forget her well as to that you probably have more friends than you think for most people have who deserve them i think something of you myself i am not a woman of many words but i've got eyes and i know you've been a good faithful boy to me i don't mean to forget it i only hope you will be as faithful to yourself as you are to me it isn't worth while to give all your mind to books even though i'm willing you should think as much of them as you want to but it would be a pity to get ready for only one world when the other is so near by here was this girl telling me only a few days before she went home how young-looking and healthy her mother was and how she meant to have her live with her when she was a sweet old lady with white hair and how she meant her to have every comfort in the world and here she's gone i only hope she was ready to go that it is nothing but comfort for her now it is worth while to think of that i can tell you my lad and it isn't sensible to keep putting it off either for sometimes these orders to move come suddenly she darted in at that and closed the door leaving winter standing kindlings in hand he was a good deal astonished miss putnam had never spoken such words to him before he had never seen her so deeply moved that she was thoroughly in earnest was plain he thought a good deal about her words during the evening they pushed in between the Latin verbs and the problems in algebra, and insisted on being thought about. Some way they fitted the little book in his pocket better than any words he had ever before heard Miss Putnam speak. Yet, after all, they were thought about sentimentally rather than in a businesslike way, such as their importance demanded. Miss Putnam had been kind to him, he reflected, had been a good friend, and if he lived he should repay her tenfold for all her kindness he was already beginning to have the feeling that the time would come when he would repay kindnesses in greatly increased measure he decided again that he would stay on with her as long as he could and make her garden more and more productive and look after her interests in a hundred ways it was after nine o'clock when he saw miss putnam again are you going to take those berries into judge burnham's to-morrow she asked to a curious observer it would have been interesting to note how frequently of late miss putnam began her remarks to winter with an interrogation instead of a command yes'm he answered promptly bright and early i shall have them picked and be off before the sun is up still she lingered suppose you come into the house to sleep to-night she said at last, You might sleep in the little back room that Don used to have. I feel dreadful lonesome somehow. For the matter of that, you might sleep there every night, might have it for your room. It would be handier than where you are now. Very well, ma'am, said Winter respectfully. I'll do just as you say. But his eyes danced a little. The Woodhouse chamber was entirely comfortable but to be given Don's neat little room upstairs, only three doors away from Miss Force's old room, was certainly promotion, and he liked it. Miss Putnam took the stove handle and lifted the cover from the stove in an absent way, looked in, then fitted it to its place again. The fire was neatly laid ready for morning. "'You don't forget anything, do you, Win? she said cordially. "'What book are you at now? Latin?' what do you expect to do with latin it doesn't help about farming and i think you are a born farmer if there ever was one but miss force thinks and then she stopped what does miss force think why she has a notion that you may some day be a doctor but i think working in the nice sweet-smelling ground is a great deal better than poking over pills and powders and other disgusting things did miss force say that with a flash of keenest satisfaction in his eyes well something of that kind but i don't know as she would thank me for speaking of it don't you ever read the bible young man haven't you got a bible there was a red glow on winter's face now no ma'am he said speaking low i never owned a bible well you ought to it is heathenish not to have a bible of one's own and not to read it too here i'll give you one she disappeared through the dining-room door but returned in so short a time that she must certainly have had the bible selected and in waiting it was a small plain one neatly bound there she said i hope you'll keep it and read it it is worth a good deal more than latin though i've nothing to say against that well you come upstairs to sleep to-night i'm so kind of lonesome without miss force and so sorry for her poor young thing That it makes me feel pokerish good-night good-night said winter gently almost tremulously he was a good deal touched she had never told him good-night before the first red and gold heralds of the sun were flushing with the east next morning when the pony waddled toward town carrying a basket of wonderful strawberries covered with their own leaves on which the dew yet sparkled after delivering them there were errands to do in town a note to leave at the doctor's and an answer to wait for and various other matters which detained him until the sun was fully two hours high when the pony drew up before her own stable then something unusual in the appearance of the generally quiet house made winter wait only to secure her from going wagon and all into her stall before he ran up the side steps and entered the dining-room beside the door lay a basket overturned from which potatoes and onions had rolled it was part of the confusion which had made winter sure that something unusual had happened the housekeeper from next door stood in the room pitcher in hand a half-dazed look on her face that is my basket she said apologetically to winter i dropped it in my hurry and fright i wanted to get to her as quick as i could but it did no good What is the matter said winter his face paling where is miss putnam oh you haven't heard of course you haven't you've just got home why she's gone poor fellow your best friend don't faint young man for pity's sake there's confusion enough in this house not but what i'm sorry for you what do you mean asked winter i don't understand but he sat down suddenly in the old fashioned armchair and felt curiously dizzy, and as though the foundations of the earth were slipping away. Why, I ran over here with my basket to see if she could let me have a little parsley. This door stood open, and I came to it, and she sat there in that chair looking white. What's the matter? I asked her. Have you been frightened or anything? For she looked deathly white she shook her head and then she said sort of gasping the words out i've taken suddenly sick can you help me to bed i dropped my basket and ran to her or she would have fallen out of the chair deacon trumbull was just passing and i called to him and between us we got her into bed and he ran for the doctor and i put cold water on her head and hot water on her hands but it did no good she was gone before the doctor came heart disease he said she only opened her eyes once and then she said tell win not to but you poor fellow she couldn't finish it and what she wanted you not to do i don't know maybe you do in such a sudden unnatural and yet in a certain sense natural and simple way had miss putnam's orders come and without delay or word of direction to those left behind she had gone stranded once more shelter and friendliness and a sense of belonging that had grown upon him especially of late swept away this time he had not run away from his appointed home it had run away from him through all the years which followed winter carried always a vivid recollection of the minutest events of those days immediately preceding the funeral of miss putnam he was at home and yet not at home he had the care of everything in and about the house yet had no authority and no control over a penny's worth all the people who came and went with neighbourly offers knew him were sorry for him but were nothing to him he got himself something to eat from the well-stocked larder with which he was so familiar and he slept in the little room upstairs of which he had taken such proud possession that first night A neighbor, more commonplace and more thoughtful than the others, had invited him to her house to sleep, but he had quietly declined. He had a feeling of which he could not have spoken for the world that Miss Putnam, in her silent state in the front parlor, would feel less lonely if he stayed in the house. Don, the cherished nephew, came in haste, and was overwhelmed with grief and self-pity that he could not have come before he too was kind to Win. she often mentioned you in her letters he said heartily and told me you were faithful in every way poor lonely auntie i am glad she had a faithful young helper with her to the last the great tears were in his handsome eyes while he spoke he was sorry for wynn but of course infinitely more sorry for himself he went away to dinner to the home of old acquaintances and accepted their invitation for the night, and assented earnestly when they said his aunt's boy was very much depressed, poor fellow, he was deeply attached to Miss Putnam, as well he might have been. And it was all over at last, the burial, the looking at and locking up of books and papers and packages, done in nervous haste on the part of the nephew, both because he must needs be in haste, and because it was misery to him to go through it all he was glad of winter's swift silent practical help when miss putnam's lawyer came and the solitary relative went with him to the library winter wandered in the garden aimlessly and waited he was to take the nephew to the train in the very early morning i must go the young man had said whatever other business there is to attend to her lawyer must do i cannot delay an hour longer it is as much as my place in the college is worth to have been away so long. What are you going to do, Wynne? I don't know, said Winter apathetically. He might almost as well have added, I don't care. His manner set it for him. This young man who had been living so fast for the last few months felt stunned and thrown backward. The college student regarded him curiously. Well he said, after a moment's silence. You will have no difficulty in securing another place, I should say. Almost any one about here in need of help would be glad to get you. They all tell me how faithful you have been to my aunt. If you like, I... And then Winter had interrupted him hastily. I shall not stay about here, he said. I want to go away. Do you? I should have thought it better for you to stay where you are known. However and then he had been called. Two hours later he came out from the library and went straight to the backyard where Winter was at work putting everything in order for the night. There were traces of deep emotion on his face. "Win," he said, I have been reading the will. I haven't looked at it before. I knew the most of it, for she told me long ago, but I could not want to touch it somehow. At last I have, and your name is in it mine said winter in undoubted astonishment why should his name appear there miss putnam had paid him fair wages and been never a day behind in her payments the wages had not been large not so large she told herself as the boy deserved and she had added to herself that she would make up for that but she had not done so not in the way she meant she had waited just one day too long but none of these things did winter know yes the nephew said your name was there my young friend winter kelland for whom i have great esteem these are the words and they are worth a good deal my aunt always said exactly what she meant she left you one hundred dollars in money the boy caught his breath hard a million dollars left to some boys would not have astonished them more than this hundred did him who would have supposed that anybody would ever leave him money and the little spring wagon and the pony he added for my own there was a curious quiver in winter's voice for your own to do with as you will she adds that she knows you will take care of her she thought a good deal of the pony yes said winter he could not have added another word just then there was a strange lump in his throat which took him curiously back to the day when his father was buried he turned abruptly from the nephew walked toward the neat little stable which he had just closed and locked fitted the key in the lock drew the door back a little way entered and pushed it to again then going over to where the fat pony contentedly munched her oats put both arms around the animal's neck Leaned his head against her and let the slow tears drop down on her gray mane. End of chapter sixteen.